Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. You know, anytime I'm, I'm talking to, or anytime that I'm trying to teach people about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, and I begin to talk to them about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if we can go ahead and get uh, the, the PowerPoint on the screens. But maybe, maybe somebody has come from a denomination where they didn't talk too much about the Holy Spirit, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe there's somebody that has just come to Christ and they're a new believer, they're a new disciple, they're a follower of Jesus Christ. But they don't understand that that was just the beginning of their journey and not the end of their journey. As I said just a few moments ago, it it doesn't matter where you are on your journey with God. There's always more that God wants to do in your life. And so when I'm talking to folks maybe that have come from other denominations where they didn't talk much about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to emphasize that word, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, because as we're going to see this morning, there's a difference in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see that clearly before we leave here today. And it's important that we do because the terminology that we use is really important because there's a lot of people that will tell you that they've been, uh, have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they've not yet experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So it's important that we use correct terminology when we talk about it. Uh, but when I, when, I, when I talk to people that are new on this subject, I I love it when their eyes get really big and they look at me and they say, Pastor, you mean there's more? And so that's the title of my message today. You mean there's more. And that's the good news. There's always more. You, You will never get to a place in your life where you have received all that God wants to do in your life. We are always in pursuit of more of what God has for us. Now we are, for the most part, we're still dealing with a problem that they were dealing with in the early church. And we read about that in Acts chapter 19. But before we look at Acts chapter 19, let me just remind you that the book of Acts is a historical record of the first church. It's a historical record of the early church. And we read in Acts chapter 2 that the early church got their beginning on the day of Pentecost. They were endued with power to do the work that God had called them to do. Listen, the book of Acts would have never happened if it had not been for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. it, It is not, even though the book is called the Acts of the Apostles, It's not the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. But they were endued with power. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And the church began to grow exponentially as a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in their life. As a matter of fact, Peter, who didn't even have the boldness to tell a little girl about Jesus before Pentecost... 
after Pentecost, he has the boldness to stand up in front of 3,000 people, at least 3,000. It was a bigger crowd than that probably because 3,000 got saved that day. But after the day of Pentecost, he stood and he preached boldly the word of God and 3,000 people got saved on the day of Pentecost. But there was still this issue of people who were not clear about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And, and so in Acts chapter 19, it says that while Apollos, and you guys can bring me down just a little bit here on the stage, but he says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And look at what happens when Paul the apostle gets to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Everybody say disciples. Now, I want you to hang with me here for a little while today. Make sure you've got your pen, your paper, making some notes today because I'm going to teach you some things about the baptism in the Holy Spirit that I think are very important for you to know today. And some of you already know some of these things, but I believe there's going to be some truth revealed today that maybe you were not aware of. But he found some disciples. Disciples are followers of Jesus Christ. And he found them and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And how many of you were taught that when you got saved, that at that time you were filled, you, you received the Holy Spirit? Well, that's true to a sense, you did. The moment that you got saved, and we'll talk about it a little bit more later, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. And see, well, he asked them, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? But he's not talking about the Holy Spirit experience that they had when they were saved. Because notice what he said, or what they said. They said, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. See, some churches just don't talk about Holy Spirit. They, they'll talk all day about God the Father and all day about God the Son. But Holy Spirit, you know, he's that weird stepchild that nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> you know, we, we, we just, um, we, we, don't, we don't talk much about him. But listen to me this morning, Summerton Church of God. God wants you to have a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we need to know what the role of the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And so he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They said, well, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And we're still dealing with that same problem today. Not here at Summerton Church of God, I hope. I hope that we are teaching and preaching about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. But there may be some here this morning that have come from other denominations and other churches that didn't talk much about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, just, just to give some clarity on some terminology, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, and sometimes in Scripture, he is also referred to as the Holy Ghost. Ooh. The Holy Ghost. You know, there's some people that when they just hear Holy Ghost, they're like, mm, no, I don't believe in ghost. I don't want none of that. I don't want none of that ghost stuff. Listen, when the, when the translators were trying to translate uh, the, the Greek language into English, the word pneuma, which is the Greek word for spirit, was very difficult for them to translate. So at times they would translate it spirit. At other times they would translate it ghost. But really, the best, the, the best translation is just simply this, a breath of fresh air. It's the breath of God. It is the wind of God. Some of you this morning, you are rowing your way through life. 
And it is wearing you out. And what God is saying, God is saying, just put your oars down. Stop rowing yourself through life. Hoist up your sails and catch the wind of the Holy Spirit as he blows into your life and and leads you and guides you and takes you on the course that he wants you to go on. And so sometimes there's even just some confusion over the terminology of Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. It's just a fresh wind, the fresh breath of God blowing into our lives. Matter of fact, let's talk about this word baptism here for just a minute because this is another word sometimes that people are confused about because most of the time when you hear the word baptism or baptized, most people just relate that to water baptism and say, yeah, 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 I got baptized. After I got saved, I got, I got baptized in water. Well, baptism means more than just being baptized in water. The word baptized actually means to be immersed, to be immersed. So when you were baptized in water, you were immersed in water. But listen to me. God wants to baptize you in, immerse you in, dunk you in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. The Bible actually talks about in the New Testament, and I've talked to you about this before, but we're going to go a little deeper this morning. But the Bible actually talks about three baptisms that God wants every single one of us as believers to experience. And some of you, you're going to find yourself in one of these baptisms, but maybe there's somebody here today who's not experienced all of these baptisms, and God wants you to experience all three of these. The first baptism that is our first step on our spiritual journey is called baptism into the body of Christ. And if you're taking notes out beside baptism into the body of Christ, write the word salvation. Because this happens the moment that you are saved. You see, when you got saved, you were doing more than just making a decision to start going to church. You you were doing more than just making a decision to join the church. You were doing more than just making a decision to serve God. When you got saved, you were baptized. You were immersed into the family of God, into a relationship with the family of God. That's why we call each other brother and sister, because we've been immersed into the family of God. Here's the way Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. And there's going to be quite a few scriptures today, so stay with me. He said, for by one spirit... We were all baptized into one body. So who was it that baptized us into the body of Christ? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. This is what we refer to as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so when you say the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there are many who will say, yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what they're referring to is their salvation. They're referring to that moment that they accepted Jesus Christ and were baptized into the body of Christ or into Christ himself. Paul Paul goes on and says it like this in Galatians 3. He said, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. This is the first step of our spiritual journey. It's salvation. This is the first baptism that we experience on our, on our journey. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit immerses us into the family of God. It's when the Holy Spirit immerses us into Christ. 
That's why in a lot of Paul's writings and New Testament writings, you will find this statement, you are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Because the moment that you got saved, you were baptized into Christ. But that's just the beginning of your journey. There's more. A second baptism that the scripture talks about that God wants all of us to experience, as a matter of fact, commands us to experience once we're believers, is baptism in water. Now, before we look at that water baptism, I want you just to see a few passages of scripture here about the disciples of Jesus who had experienced the first baptism of being baptized into Christ, being baptized into the body of Christ, but they had not yet been immersed or baptized in the Holy Spirit. John chapter 20, look at this with me, verses 19 through 22. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, this is after the resurrection of Jesus, okay? Everybody stay with me. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. The disciples are hiding out. They've locked themselves in a room for fear that what happened to Jesus is going to happen to them. They're going to come get them, and they're going to crucify them as well. And so they're hiding out in a room with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. And Jesus came and stood among them. And, and let me just tell you this. He didn't have a key to the door to unlock the door. He just walked right through the door. Now, if, if, you're, if you're already huddled in this place out of fear and all of a sudden somebody, Jesus just, boom, shows up. No wonder he said, peace be with you. Because he's just freaked them out. I mean, he, they're, they're scared to death here. And, and, and notice what it says. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, the nail prints in his hands and in his side. And the disciples were overjoyed, not fearful anymore. They were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, look at this. With that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to know, notice the present tense of that phrase. He breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. This is their salvation experience. This is when they become born again. You say, well, I thought they'd been walking with Jesus for three years. You mean they're just now getting saved? Yes, because Jesus had not yet gone to the cross. Jesus had not yet paid for the redemption of the sins of mankind. But now he's been to the cross. Now he's been resurrected. And then the Bible says here that he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. But you know what? There was more that God wanted them to experience. And Luke gives us his account of this same incident that happened in the lives of the disciples. And notice what Luke says. He said, yeah, he said, he said, John was right. He said, we were all talking about this. Jesus stood among us and said to us, peace be with you because we were, we were hiding out in fear. But then you go to verse 49 and here's what Luke tells us. And by the way, Luke is also the same one who wrote the book of Acts. And Luke says that Jesus said this to the disciples. He says, I am going to. Now listen, that's really important. Because now he's not speaking in a present tense. He's talking about something that is yet to come. A future tense. He said, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. And when you read about what his father has promised, he's talking here about the power, the presence, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he said, but stay in the city 
until you have been endued or clothed with power from on high. Now you saw in John where he breathed on them and they received. And don't make any mistake about it. The moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are filled with the Spirit. But you're not baptized in the Spirit. It's a difference. I compare it sometimes to a glass that is filled with water. That would represent our salvation. But then you take that glass of water that's full and you put it in a swimming pool. Now it's baptized in now it's immersed in. It's not just filled. Now it's immersed. Now it's dunked in. Now it is endued with. And, and, and so he says, I'm going to send you what my father promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Look in Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. This is important. It says, after his suffering, this is talking about Jesus, he presented them, himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. Things like the, the nail prints in his hands and the, and the scar on his side. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. You see, after the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus in his resurrected body, he's recognized by the disciples. He eats a meal in his resurrected body because some people say, well, are people going to be able to recognize me in my glorified body? What's my glorified body going to be like? It's going to be a lot like the body you have right now. It's just going to live forever. It's going to be a glorified body. Hopefully, mine going to look better and feel better, and I know it will. But, but he appeared to them over a period of 40 days. Then he ascended back to the right hand of God the Father. Then 10 days later, the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2. 40 plus 10, what is that? 50. What does the word Pentecost mean? 50. 50 days after Passover is when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the early church. And so Jesus appears to them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And it says on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. He's talking there about salvation and water baptism. But notice he said, God's got more for you than that. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm just showing you these passages of Scripture to see that the disciples have experienced new birth. They've been born again. They've experienced salvation. They've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they've not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So just keep that in your thought as we move forward. But there is that second baptism that the Bible talks about that God commands all believers to experience, and that's baptism in water. Now, now listen, there are some people that will even go so far as to say that you have to be baptized in water to go to heaven. That is not true. Listen to me. That is not true. The only thing you need to get to heaven is salvation. That's all you need. And I'm afraid some people get saved just to keep from going to hell. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good reason, but, but God's got more for you than that. God wants to just keep you, wants to do more than just keep you out of hell. God has got a power available to each and every one of us that will help us live an overcoming life right here on this earth. I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, I get, I get excited when I talk about Holy Ghost. 
But there's a lot of folks that will tell you, you've got to be baptized in water. Do you remember when Jesus was crucified, there was a thief on the left, thief on the right? One of the thieves continued to reject Jesus, but the other thief accepted Jesus. And do you know what Jesus said to that thief? He said, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. Oh, but wait, he's not been baptized. No, because baptism, listen, we don't get to heaven based on any works that we do. And if we had to be baptized in order to get to heaven, then our works would play a part in us getting to heaven. Now, I'm sure that that thief on the cross that day would, would have loved to have looked down at that Roman soldier and say, oh, oh by, by the way, I, I just accepted Jesus Christ, my personal Savior. Y'all need to get me down off this cross so I can go get baptized. But no, we have no record whatsoever that he was water baptized. There's even some folks, Pastor Sergeant, you know this, there's some folks that say it's even important what the baptizer says to the baptizee when they're getting baptized in water. Some say, well, you got to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then others say, no, you just you baptize in the name of Jesus only. Well, here's Summerton Church of God, we'll just cover it all. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and in Jesus' name. Amen. Because <laughs> can you imagine getting to heaven and, and you show up in heaven and you say, okay, God, I'm here, let me in. And he says, oh, I Back when you got baptized, I know you were underwater and you couldn't hear what that person that baptized you was saying, but he didn't say the right thing. And because they didn't say the right thing, you can't get in. No. We know that not to be true. Did you know 27 times in the New Testament, the moment that somebody got saved, they were immediately baptized in water. The scripture says this in Acts 2.41, that those who accepted his message were baptized. Baptized in water. You see, I understand that for a lot of people, your decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ might be a private decision that you have made. But at some point in time, you've got to go public with that decision that you've made to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no place, especially in this culture, there is no place, especially in this world in which you and I are living in right now, for closet Christians. Amen? We need to come out, we need to be public about our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. And, and, and you remember what the scripture says? Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven, but whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. So listen, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you haven't been baptized in water, you need to be baptized in water. Now, Pastor, are you telling me i got to be baptized in water to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? No, that's not what I'm telling you because you don't. All you have to do to, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to be a believer and be hungry for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So, so there is baptism into Christ. There is baptism. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is baptism in water. That's the, that, that, that's the next step on our spiritual journey. But listen to me. There's still so much more. Because the Bible talks about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And every single one of us sitting here in this room here today, maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you've experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you've even been even water baptized. And, and, and maybe the church that you grow, grew up in may have told you, that's enough. That's all you need. No, you need more. 
And let me tell you why you need more. Because God left you and I here on this earth for a purpose. God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has a work. God has a mission that he wants to do through us. But we will never be able to accomplish it apart from the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us in this room here this morning, if we have not experienced it, we need to be immersed. We need to be dunked. We need to be endued with the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on. Somebody ought to get more excited about it than that. You say, well, now, Pastor, I don't, I don't know about all that. Let me show you. Let me show you a passage of Scripture where you see all three baptisms. And I could, have gone, I could have gone to Acts chapter 10. I could have gone to Acts chapter 19. I could have gone to Acts chapter 2. I could have shown you all three baptisms in those passages of Scripture too. But for the sake of time today, let's look at Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8 verse 5, the Bible tells us that Philip went down to a city in Samaria. Let me just stop right here and say something. Did you know that Philip was not an ordained minister? He was what many would call a lay person, but he preached the gospel. Do you know in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Listen to me. This is going to sound mean, but I don't mean it mean. If you're not winning people to Jesus, don't tell me you have the power of the Holy Ghost. That sounded mean, didn't it? But it's true. We, we want to get, we, we, we want to major on so many of the other things. And, and thank God as it comes to the person and work of the Holy Spirit. But one of the primary reasons that he gave us the power of the Holy Spirit, like I said, Peter, before Pentecost, he couldn't even tell a little girl about Jesus. But after Pentecost, he can stand up in front of thousands with the boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we, if we claim to be Holy Ghost people, if we claim to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, if we claim to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, then we, more than anything else, should be winning the lost for Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a weak applause right there. That's weak. But Philip goes down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. But when they believed... This is their salvation. This is their baptism into Christ. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. Now they're water baptized. Both men and women. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God. Okay, so Philip goes to Samaria. He preaches the word of God. People believe and they're saved. They get water baptized. Now back in Jerusalem... When they hear what happened in Samaria, that they had accepted the word of God, they send Peter and John to Samaria. And notice what happens. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. Now, I want you to be clear on that. These people are already believers. They have already been baptized into Christ, and they've already been baptized in water. But notice what happens. They prayed for these new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. Well, I thought they were already saved. I thought they were already water baptized. Yes, they were, but there was more. 
that God wanted to do in their lives. And it says, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Listen to me this morning, Summit and Church of God family and others that are with us. If you have not yet experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you need to know it is, he is available for you today. Amen. He's ready he's ready to bat Jesus is ready to baptize you today in the power of the Holy Ghost let me show you something maybe maybe you're still trying to put all this together first John chapter 5 verses 7 and 8 this is so important you got to see this there are three that bear witness in heaven bear witness to what bear witness to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God And the three that bear witness are the Father, the Word, and John loved to call Jesus the Word. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So notice there's three in heaven that bear witness to the fact that Jesus truly is the Son of God. But then notice what he says next. There are also three that bear witness on earth that Jesus is the Son of God. And what are they? The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Are you seeing these three baptisms? The blood, the water, and the spirit. You say, well, how did the blood, the water, and the spirit serve as witnesses to the fact that Jesus Christ was the Son of God? Well, when Jesus went to the cross, he shed blood that was without spot and blemish. When Jesus was here on this earth, he lived a perfect, sinless life. So the blood that he shed was witness to the fact that he truly was the Lamb of God who had come to take away the sins of the world. That it was blood without spot and without blemish. Not only that, he was also water baptized. Don't tell me you don't need to be water baptized. If Jesus got water baptized and we want to follow his example in everything that we do, then we need to be water baptized. And at the day of Jesus, Jesus' baptism, what happened? The Bible said that the heavens opened up and the Father said himself, this is my son who I, in whom I am well pleased. So, so, so you got the witness of the blood. You've got the witness through his baptism. And then you've got the witness of the Spirit. Why? You need to know this. You need to know that when Jesus was here on this earth, everything that he did, every person that was saved, every person that was healed, every person that was delivered, every person that rose from the dead, he didn't do it just out of the nature of him being God. No. When he came here to this earth, he laid aside his divine nature. And he moved and ministered and operated through the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit was a witness everywhere that he went that he truly was the Son of the living God. Now let me ask you this. If Jesus, the Son of God, needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit to do what the Father had sent him here to do, how much more do you and I need the baptism in the Holy Ghost to be who he's called us to be and to do what he has called us to do. You do know the same spirit, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Wow. You say, well, I'm still not convinced. I can tell. I can see it on some of your faces. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 2. 
Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. He's talking here about the nation of Israel. Slaves in Egypt. And we know that Moses was the one that God sent as the deliverer to bring them out of their bondage to slavery, their bondage to Egypt, a type of the world, and to lead them into the promised land. And here's, here's what he says. He says that this nation of people, he said they were all baptized. Hey, this was in the Old Testament, and we see this picture. He said they were all baptized into Moses. Moses is a type and a picture of Christ. Because just as Moses was their deliverer out of their bondage of slavery to the world, Jesus is our deliverer out of our bondage to sin. They were baptized into Moses. They were baptized in the cloud. You know, the cloud represents the spirit of God. The Bible said that they had a, a cloud by day and a cloud by night. That the cloud by day was there to protect them from the heat of the sun. And the cloud at night was a pillar of fire. What did John say? He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. They were baptized into Moses. They were baptized in the cloud. And they were baptized in the sea. That's water. Baptism. You see? You see all three of those baptisms even in the Old Testament. If that's not enough for you, the pattern continues. If the priest wanted to get into the holy place when he came into the outer court the first place that he had to go was to the brazen altar do you know what he did at the brazen altar he offered a sacrifice a blood sacrifice to atone for his and the sins of others after he made the blood sacrifice the next step he would take is he would wash his hands at the bronze laver and he would wash with water and after he had offered the blood sacrifice washed his hands with water the next thing they would do is they would take a flask of oil and they would pour it over his head that represents the outpouring and the anointing of the Holy Spirit blood water spirit blood water spirit what am I trying to say to you this morning I'm trying to tell you there is so much more that Holy Spirit wants to do in and through your life are we starting to see this pattern all throughout scripture don't just be saved, baptized in water, and content. Because he has so much more for you. Look at, it, look at it this way. Maybe this will help bring some clarity. It is the Holy Spirit who baptizes us into the body of Christ. This is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is why a lot of people will tell you, yeah, I've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they've been told that the baptism of the Holy Spirit happened at salvation. And it did. But notice, it is the Holy Spirit who baptizes us into the body of Christ. When it comes to water baptism, it can be a disciple, any disciple, who baptizes you in water. But when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Bible is very clear that Jesus... This is why we call it the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit because Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3 and 11, John said, I baptize you with water to repentance, but after me comes one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. Talking about Jesus, he will baptize you. Jesus will baptize you 
with the Holy Spirit, and with fire. Did you know that in the four Gospels, the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those are synoptic Gospels. They're pretty much the same. And the reason why they're pretty much the same is because Matthew, Mark, and Luke only wrote about the first or, or, or the last year, the third year of Jesus' ministry. John wrote about the first two years of Jesus' ministry. So there's very few things that show up in all four of the Gospels. And let me tell you what there are. There's four things. Number one, the birth of Jesus. Number two, the death of Jesus. Number three, the resurrection of Jesus. And do you know what the fourth thing is you're going to find in every single Gospel? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's not just in Matthew 3.11. Mark said, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Luke 3.16, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John 1.33, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, there's more. There is so much more that Jesus wants to do in your life, in my life, in anyone's life that will yield to him. Okay, preacher, it's getting late. All that's good. How? How do I receive? Paul said this. He said, don't get drunk on wine. Y'all listen to me here now. People are looking for a supernatural experience to help them make it through life. And this is the way a lot of people try to supernaturally make it through life. Paul said, no, 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 no. Don't do it the world's way. Don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit of God. You could read it like this. Don't get drunk on wine. Get drunk on Holy Ghost. Now, that don't mean you act crazy like a drunk person. You may. I don't know. On the day of Pentecost, when they come out of the upper room, they got accused of being drunk. So they must have been acting somehow. But Peter said, they're not drunk as you supposed. They hadn't been down to the local bar, but they have been to Joel's place. But in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And also upon the servants and the handmaids in those days, I'm going to pour out of my spirit. He said, don't get drunk on wine. But instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so how? How, are we, how do we experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Number one, and, and, and Tanya, you can go ahead and come and help me close here. Number one, remove all barriers. That's the first thing that every one of us have to do. And, and that's the case no matter what step you're at in your journey. There, there may be a barrier that's keeping you from coming to Jesus Christ and accepting him as your Lord and Savior. You've got to remove those barriers. There may be a barrier, some of you this morning, that, that's keeping you from being baptized in water. You need to remove those barriers. And of course, there's barriers that's keeping folks from pursuing the baptism in the Holy Spirit. For some of you, it's doctrinal. You grew up being told, don't you stay away from them, stay away from them Pentecost, stay away from them Holy Ghost people. They weird. They crazy. It's a barrier. For some of you, it's fear that's keeping you from seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Fear, because you're afraid that you're gonna somehow lose control. You don't lose control, you do yield control. But you don't lose control. There's some folks that think, man, if, 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 I, 
get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm over here at Walmart in the checkout line. Uh, what if the Holy Ghost just, I, I lose control and just start speaking in tongues or something? He doesn't work that way. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, I just lost control. I just started teaching. I couldn't stop. Or what about one of the other gifts, giving? I just started giving. I just couldn't stop giving. Just couldn't stop. Couldn't control it. You do know that one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And that the Bible says that the Spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You've got to remove all those barriers. The Bible says here in Acts chapter 2, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then notice what he says. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are for all, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Because see, one of the other things a lot of people have been told was that, 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 was, that outpouring, that was just to get the church kick-started. Once the last apostle died, all the gifts died out with them. No, because they're not the gifts of the apostles. They're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is still alive and well. And I'm telling you that the promise, the same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost, is available to every single person sitting in this room today. It was available to them, to their children, and to all who were afar off. So let's remove barriers. Second thing that we've got to do is we've got to request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I hear a lot. Well, what if I ask God for the Holy Spirit and I get an evil spirit? God wouldn't do that to you. Let me tell you something about God. God is good. God is good. And everything that he wants to do in your life is good. L listen to, to what Luke says. He says, which of you fathers... If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. And then he says, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. And then and Jesus said, well, if then, though, though, though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Just ask. I know there's more. I know there's more, Jesus. I know there's more. I know that I haven't experienced all of you I'm asking you Lord I'm requesting and the Bible says whoever asks will receive he that seeks finds whoever that knocks the door will be open to you request ask and then thirdly you receive him by faith anything that you receive from God requires faith Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God will always challenge you. you. You will always be challenged to do something that you don't feel comfortable doing. God always puts that challenge, and, and it requires faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Listen, you are saved by faith. If I were to ask you, how do you know that you are saved? You would say, because the Bible says that if I would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and confess him with my mouth, I'll be saved. So I just believe that what I did was what he told me to do, and I believe by faith that I'm saved. It's the same way you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, by faith. And then finally, you relate to him on a daily basis. This is so important. Because listen, and this, this, this affects so many Pentecostals because 
we, look, we think that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is just a one-time event. And we walk out saying, oh, praise God, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit today. I've been praying. I've been seeking that. Thank God it happened today. No, again, it's not just an event. It's the beginning of something marvelous. And God wants you to have a daily relationship, intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. Paul said it like this. He said, may the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, and some of you have experienced His grace, the extravagant love of God, you've experienced the love of God. But he said, I also want you to experience the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. I want you to stand with me. Pastor, what's going to happen to me when I receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Because you're not seeking a gift. Are you hearing me? We're not seeking a gift. We're seeking a person. The Holy Spirit of God. I don't know where you are on your journey today. But in Ezekiel chapter 47, Ezekiel gets a vision of a river coming out of the temple of God, flowing out of the temple of God, which is a picture of the river of God's spirit flowing out of us who are now the temples of God. But he said, a man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand and he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. And that's where some of you are today on your journey. You've stepped in through salvation. The waters come up to your ankles. And some of you are content to just stand there and watch everybody else swim out in the deep waters. But there's so much more. And so what I'm asking you to do today is just take the next step. Just take the next step. Because notice what he said. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. You see, there's more. And, and he measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. And boy, when you get up to, to, to the water that, that, that's up to the waist... Here's the thing, you're, you're wet, but you're still in control. Your feet are still on the ground, and you still feel safe and comfortable and in control. But I'm encouraging you today, take the next step. Because he measured off another thousand, because now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. It's where you yield control of your life to the flow of the river, the flow of the Spirit of God. And do you know what Ezekiel 47 goes on to say? That wherever that river went, it brought life. It brought healing. That when that river flowed even into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea came to life. And where there was never any fish living in that sea, now that sea is teeming with life. And that's what God wants for each and every one of us in this room right here today. I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands right now. I want you to call on Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's the first step that you need to take today. Is call upon Him. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Repent. Stop walking in the direction that you're going and turn your life around and give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ today. 
Maybe you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but you haven't been water baptized yet. You need, to, you need to make sure that the next time we have a water baptism that you go public with your faith. But then there's some here this morning. You know there's more. You've been knowing there's more. You've been hoping that there's more. Because what you've been doing isn't working. Listen, I thank God for recovery programs. I thank God for 12-step programs. I thank God for good therapy. I thank God for good discipleship classes. All of those things are good, but none of those things are going to work apart from the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you need those things, but you also need the baptism in the Holy Spirit of God because He can transform your life and your situation like no one else can. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.